Welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Tuesday, March 28th edition of the pod and should be a fun one today, Jake. Spring yeah. spring is almost sprung. How close are we? How close uh, are we to spring? Uh, I have you zero. Notice. You should know this off the top of your head. I why would I know that off the top of my head? I don't know. You're a you're a Oh, it says Monday, March 20th. Yeah, it's already spring. So it's already spring. It's wow. already spring. Getting, spring has sprung. Getting a little more sun sunlight than we've than we've had in past weeks. So that's yep. nice. Yep. Baseball is just around the corner. Baseball starts Thursday. You know, it's uh it's good living right now. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah, the ducks are just playing out the string. <laughs> yeah, everything is great as long as you don't watch <laughs> the ducks play hockey with any sort of like critical view or as long as we're not talking about the team that this podcast is about i mean as long as you're just not talking about the how they're actually playing because man that game last night against the colorado avalanche like the scoreline wasn't actually that bad i think they lost 5-1 but it's just the way that they got manhandled like you know that line like there's levels to this like that's that's what that game felt like like the ducks came out and I think they had like a 9-4, 8-4 shot advantage, something like that. And they yeah. actually grabbed an early lead. And basically, the Avalanche were just kind of like, okay, well then. And just <laughs> and, and just decided to turn it all the way on. And I mean, there were periods where the Ducks legitimately just couldn't touch the puck. It felt like... It felt like back in my day when I was on the UC Irvine B team for roller hockey and we would play Arizona State who the only reason they had a B division team was because of how many good players they had. And we would just get, you know, we would lose like 18, nothing and we wouldn't touch the puck for 10 minutes. Like that's what that looked like. Yeah. And, uh, didn't look very fun if you're, if you're uh, a player on the ducks team. So, yeah. And before we get into, we have an overall pod topic for this, but just to briefly touch on the last week, uh, Nikita, Nikita Nestorenko makes his NHL debut and scores a goal in his second NHL game. I was one game off. I had predicted he would score in his debut, and he ended up scoring in his second game. So I was slightly off with that. But what have off. you thought so far? Yeah, I, I think it's you got to be careful because on one hand, I think he's looked solid. I think that he's looked like he can he can hang in the NHL. Like his mm-hmm. his skating stride to me, it, it's not you know it's a little kind of awkward almost because he's so lanky. And he's not necessarily going to blaze with speed, but I think he's got solid edge work. He's strong on his his skates. I think that he fills defensive lanes really well. He's got a smart stick. You know, we haven't really gotten a chance to see him make too many plays with the puck, Mm -hmm. but he just looks like a guy who, at a minimum, has kind of an intriguing physical profile, and and we've seen him show that skill at the college level, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, and we saw it in his first game even. And he's, I, I feel like every game th- this tends to happen, but he finds the puck in dangerous areas. Yeah. And that is a skill. Like for That is a skill to be able to find soft spots where either you make yourself open, you're able to chase the puck down and get it in those spots, but he's able to find himself in those locations and has been able to get shots off in those spots. And he's only scored one of those goals, and that came off of b- brilliant McTavish feed. But I think he's definitely shown that he has the ability to get his own shot. And I think that that is actually one of the more difficult things for especially someone new in the NHL to do, um, to be able to find their own shot, get their own shot. And so I, I think it. I think when this f- trade was first made, to, to backtrack slightly to the, the Klingberg trade. Ducks win the trade? To, 
Yeah, exactly. I tweeted that out, and some people really took me seriously when I said that and mm. completely missed the joke. Um, but we said it at the time, right? The Nikita Nesterenko part of it was probably the, the more critical part, where how did they view him? Because everyone focused on the fourth-round pick and say they only got a fourth for Klingberg, and that seems like a big disappointment. And while you and I both agreed that on the surface seems like a disagreement, the big question is how did they rate Nikita Nesterenko? And how does he look? And... I mean, to my view, granted, small sample size, three games, but he looks like he's an NHLer. Like, I don't know if he'll be that next season all along, but it looks like he's someone that can become an NHLer. And I think regardless of where his draft positioning was at, that's where he's at right now. And I think that they were able to pull a 21-year-old NHLer that probably is more so going to be a middle six, bottom six type of guy, but age aligns with the Trevor Zegerses of the world. Same draft class as that. Uh, age aligns with Jackson Lacombe, like in the that same age range of this Ducks contending window. And so even if you looked at it and said, well, it's a disappointment because they only got a fourth round pick, they got a player that fits and projects to be a decent bottom to middle six guy in the contending window of the Ducks age range. And I think that that is kind of where this seems to be trending. Yeah, he, he just looks like a solid player. And I think that that's the thing is his he's got a nice kind of comfortable floor to his game. Yeah, I, I think you can really easily picture him just being a solid depth player. And I mean, if everything breaks right, maybe he can even exceed that. Maybe he can jump into the top six. He does have a little skill. He does have that ability to find the quiet areas. It's still a tiny sample, but it's at least good to see that he's getting an honest shot. You know, he's getting to play with Mason McTavish. Yeah. He's getting to play. Yeah, he's getting to play in the top six. And so... You know, who knows how much of that is Dallas Akins and what, how much of that is Pat Verbeek. But, I mean, we've seen Dallas Akins not really give rookies that much rope, not yep. really give them that that great of a chance to start. And as it turns out, he's he's getting the full trust of his coach really early. And, yes, there are some injuries, so maybe that mitigates that a bit, but still. Yep, and to add to that on the injuries front, Trevor Zegers left last night's game with an apparent injury. I, I don't think anyone's really reported on exactly. No one knows thing. what it is, <laughs> but I mean, I think at this point in time, you and I both are on the same page here. Just shut them down. These last seven games, eight games, they're not going to impact things long-term. Yeah. And I think his long-term health is going to be the most important thing. I think if, if he's a hundred percent healthy, sure. You don't obviously shut him down and say that's it. But if he's like 60, 70%, I think you err on the side of caution with him. Yeah, I think to me, if he's healthy, if he can play, just, I mean, there's still value in him playing. He's a 22-year-old, now 22-year-old center who's still, you know, building his experience in the NHL. So I don't really, I don't like the idea of shutting him down okay. there. But if there's really any re-injury risk, like in the near term, like if it's something that can be re-aggravated really easily, then yes, shut him down. Because it's just... <laughs> You don't want to make this any worse than it needs to be in a in a season where there's really nothing at stake. So yeah. that's that's where I part from you a bit, but I still agree that err on the side of absolute caution. I mean, that's basically what they're doing with Drysdale. I mean, Dallas Akins basically said, and I don't think we touched on this last podcast because I don't think it was reported yet, but uh, Jamie Drysdale is done for the season. Yeah. And Dallas Higgins basically said that if the Ducks were in the playoffs, that this might be different. I'm, I'm heavily paraphrasing here, but it seems like he is. Again, this is just my interpretation, but it seems yeah. like he, he'd be able to play 
if the games were really truly mattered and instead they're just taking a very cautious approach and i mean you can make the case that it it, it worked out very well for max jones yeah yeah i mean it seems like that was the right course to take with max jones he's had a solid enough season um depending on your viewpoint on things, but I think he's definitely played better than I think probably where the expectation you either you and I would have had for him coming into this season. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that completely. So um, something to keep an eye out on it as kind of the last uh, we're in the home stretch of the season. Yeah. I mean, Max Jones is a career high in points this season. Yeah. Six, 16 points in 61 games. So Cam Fowler has a career career high in points. I think it yeah, was yeah, like season. 44. Something yeah. Like something, something like that. Yeah, so. so anything else from the last week that has stuck out to you in particular? Um, Nothing too much. I, I think there's the, the standard, a little bit of worrying within the fan base about all the wins that have happened in the past. And even though the Ducks, I think, lost all three games of the past week, I feel like the, the season has become such a blur to me in terms of what's happening because all the games are starting to mesh together. But the Ducks, uh, let me just kind of confirm that. Yeah, the Ducks lost every game um over this last week uh in regulation and so i mean hell the ducks haven't the ducks haven't won a game since the columbus game yeah it's funny how you don't hear about that like and, when, and when they're one, losing yeah one two three four five six seven eight in their last eight games they've won one game and lost one in overtime yeah i, I mean, think and they i actually sorry i think no yeah that's it the ducks are basically locked into that bottom four now like yeah, there's, there's and, just there's no way that Montreal that that Montreal and them are going to really overlap. Montreal's ten points ahead now. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of locked in there, and I mean it's a three point gap between Man, Columbus. Sorry, go ahead. It's a three point gap between Columbus at the bottom and, and the Ducks at fourth, and so it's actually really tight between all those teams. And um, yeah, and, and so I think we'll just have to kind of see how that plays out. It looks like Chicago is losing. After three, after two periods of Dallas and uh, Columbus already lost and San Jose still has to play. But, I mean, there's still, what, eight, nine games left for all of these teams. So it's enough yeah. time for that those three points to be made up. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. After all the hand-wringing, the Ducks are right there. Like, they, they, yeah. are, they are three points out of the bottom spot and... They're they're really they've really distanced themselves from that next group. But man, I just have to like I'm startled seeing that the Coyotes just having basically yeah. kicked themselves out. Like the Coyotes have a 2012 and four record at home. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> someone like pointed that out. That's uh, I think in our Discord. And yeah, they the mullet I, the the ASU effect. It, <laughs> at, at one point in time, there was the Vegas effect, right? I the think ASU flu. I think we should look at all the teams that are going there and look at the performances of the early the guys in the early 20s. Yeah, that is that is wild that they have that record. And but to me, the the, the story is just the fact that they are no longer in that running, despite the season yeah. that they've that they had up until like basically a month ago. Yeah. So that is crazy. But that's good news for the Ducks because now they are they're in it. Like it's funny how that tide is actually completely turned. Well, they are almost, they are in it. It's almost like what you and I talked about. The Ducks had some. I mean, their five on five play has been bad for a while, and they got some strong goaltending from John Gibson, and it's kind of come back to earth a little bit in that sense. Yep. And now they're kind of right back in that race. Um, and so, I mean, we'll see. the The only difference I think between maybe the Chicago's, the San Jose's, and the the Columbus's is I think we saw it in that game against Columbus a couple weeks back, but they just do not have any form of goaltending right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. The, like the, that. The, that's the, the Canadians scored thing. eight goals against Columbus. Like that. That. <laughs> 
the game the Ducks won was insane with how poor the Columbus goaltending was. And then you see the same thing in Chicago and even in San Jose. Like, these teams are actually not playing horrible hockey. So, I mean, we'll see. But that being said, any goalie can have their day. And if a team plays good enough hockey, they're going to be able to win games. So, yeah, um, we'll see. The Ducks have lost five in a row. So, yeah. There you yeah, go, folks. Yeah, exactly. To so the, To the tankers out there. Yep. So, <laughs> all right. Want to move on to our big, big picture topic? Yeah, bold predictions. So, I think because baseball season is rolling around, you're seeing a lot of uh, beat writers for different teams putting out their, their bold predictions for the season. And that got me thinking, you know, the duck season, the duck season is about to end, but we can still make bold predictions because mm-hmm. to me, the, the actual intrigue is, is about to start. Like, I don't think that anyone looked at this the past three months, maybe outside of the trade deadline, that, oh yeah, like I'm really curious what's going to happen. So, now, I mean, Pavarbeek is going to have a lot of cap space to work with. He's going to have some free agents to sign. And then you've got the rest of the season. So we're going to do each three bold predictions for the Ducks. There was no actual parameters for this. So this this doesn't have to be about the offseason. This doesn't have to be about next season. This just could be anything. I set no parameters for this. And we were trying to get our, our pal Derek Lee on the show, but he couldn't make it. However, he was kind enough to get us his predictions, and so he sent me over his predictions, and credit to Derek, there's a lot of uh, explanation under these, and I mean, yeah. it makes sense, because he's, he's not here to defend his yeah. his points, but we'll see. So we've got we've got a total of nine bold predictions. Yeah, and I might have a, another one to add at the very end now that I think about it, um, but yeah, my predictions are just like four sentences. So yeah, granted, it's I'll, I'll add conjecture on top of it. Derek, we have to speak for so yeah, that's why. All right, how are we gonna start this? Okay, well, since uh, since Derek isn't here, and he actually spent some time to contribute to a podcast, he's not gonna be on. Why don't we give him the first uh, the first take at this, the first crack? Okay. So this is his first prediction: Max Contois will be extended a qualifying offer. Ooh, and, and I will read his three bullet points. Yes, yeah. yeah, let's hear it. It would appear that Contois' time with the Ducks is coming to a close. He has been benched and scratched several times this season by Dallas Aikens and has struggled to find an everyday role in the lineup since his breakout year. However, there's still a quality player in there somewhere. Reports from Renault Lavoie were that the Ducks wanted a second-round pick for Contois leading up to this year's deadline, but no team was going to trade for a player whose value was seemingly at rock bottom and someone who could potentially become a free agent this summer. With a slew of Ducks forwards... This summer, I think, sorry, with a slew of Ducks forwards hitting free agency, I think this upcoming season would be Contois' last chance to prove he deserves to be here, this time under whomever Pat Verbeek decides to appoint as the new bench boss. So there's actually another prediction in there, which is that the Ducks will have a new coach. Yeah. So I, so I see you, Derek, with but the, is, is that skirting bold? the rules. Is that bold right now, though? I don't think that that's that bold of a take. Oh, also, another, another uh, addendum I should put here is that there were no parameters in what bold means. <laughs> Fair. So bold is just in the eye of the beholder. Okay. And there's no definition of prediction either. So <laughs> it it doesn't mean that you actually think it'll happen. Oh, man. Um, no, I, I think that's an interesting take from Derek because I think I've kind of been the one that thinks that they actually aren't going to give him a qualifying yeah. offer. But I think you look at the way that he's played down the stretch, kind of how they've used him, while maybe that's a sign that maybe they won't qualify him. I when also they've think- used him. <laughs> Yeah, I also think that maybe 
I think the real question is we don't necessarily know if Verbeek's view of Max Comtois is the same as Dallas Aikens' view of Comtois. But at a or, certain point, like, you're watching your this player get jostled around yeah. the lineup. Like, if the GM truly believes in him, don't you think this would be a little different? Yes, but Pat Verbeek did come out and say that he does not influence lineup decisions. That's fair. I'm just I'm just throwing out kind of the counter no. argument there. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I I think at this point in time that is a bold take because in my personal opinion or a bold prediction because I think in my opinion is that I don't think he's going to be offered a qualifying offer. I think that Verbeek did not do it with Sam Steele, and so I think that's more likely, which makes this bold. So good on Derek for that. Well, so I actually just to quickly add here, one of my predictions was that he is not qualified. Okay. I think the Ducks have basically done everything in their power to suppress his value. Yeah, that's um, not bold then. I don't think. Well, look, I said bold is in the eye of the of the beholder. Team and Derek. Also, Team Derek. Also, his qualifying offer is two point four mil, and I just I can't see the Ducks talking themselves into that number. Like it Especially just especially after the Sunny Milano situation yeah, also it, last year. However, maybe the Ducks don't qualify him, but still end up signing him. I mean, that's an option as well. I don't know if that's likely at all, but don't rule it out. So I don't think that they qualify him. So I'm, I'm going to dissent here from, from Derek's. Okay. Take. So is that one of your bold predictions yeah, then? We'll, we'll knock that one off the board. So we've gotten one from you and one from Derek. Yep. Is uh, now it's time for me? Yeah. All right. My first one. I'm going to start off with just really bold. And okay. I've said this. I don't know if I fully believe this, but. I mean, it's a prediction, and you said bold, and so I take things there. The Ducks make the playoffs next season. They oh go my. from bottom four to making the playoffs next year. They pull a New Jersey Devils. Wow. This would be an even bigger jump than the Devils. Like, this would be a historic jump. How bad were the Devils? The Devils, I like... They were not were- this bad. Like, whatever you're about to say, they were not as bad as the Ducks. I was just season. more meaning from the standings perspective. Same point. I don't think that time, they were... time saying that's not bold. You make that every off season. It's only been like two off. Yeah. Seasons you know, I've what's come, that. you know, what's coming to mind when you're saying that is, you know, that meme of goofy. Who's like, I'll do it again. Yeah. That's you right now. Like, the devils yeah. had 63 <laughs> points last year. Uh, and we're in 28th. They were fifth worst in the league pandemic season last season. Yeah. Like I said, last season <laughs> Time, you know, I just want to be a hopeless, uh, have my head in the clouds for this, enjoy it. I mean, realistically, I think that they could push their way into the battle uh, for a playoff spot. I think that there's going to need to be a lot of moves in the offseason. I think realistically, to make this a full prediction, I need to see what happens in the offseason. But I see bold prediction, and I can't help but go for this just because okay. that, why that's not? the spirit. That's the spirit. That that was the legislative intent here. Yeah, that's, exactly. That, that's where I wanted you to go, and you and you did that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's see. Let's go to let's go back to Derek. Yeah. Uh, so, this is his next prediction, and I I want to throw in another caveat because I have some some scorchers coming up. I don't necessarily believe these. I'm just throwing them out there, and if they do happen, I can take credit. If they don't happen, I can hide behind the shield of and I was just throwing that out there. Yeah, exactly. That. Why do you think I I did this right now with the make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I just I want to protect us here from from the onslaught of pushback that that will. I mean, there's going to be pu- there, generate. There's going to be pushback for for that. Okay, Derek's take. Jamie Drysdale will get a bridge deal instead of a long term contract. Boom. Oh, that, that's that's got a little pepper to it. So that does. Let's read the the 
the the synopsis here. Focusing yeah. on more contract things, the Ducks are in a unique position with Drysdale. They certainly think he's part of their future, but with him hitting restricted free agency this summer, do they potentially offer him a show-me deal at one or two years in order to evaluate his performance next season? A strong showing could garner him an even better deal, and two-year deal will walk him into arbitration eligibility as well. Where do you stand on that? Because that is a that is a left field I, take. I like that take. Mainly I from I the, disagree. From the Drysdale perspective of it. It makes that, more sense for, for number six than than for the the ducks, I would say. Well, was Derek's point about the it being more He said beneficial? the ducks would offer him that. And well, I and, and it, I think it would be the it would be flipped. I think Drysdale would, fair. would want that. I, I don't I think that that's kind of his intent, but sure. Yeah, um yeah, I, probably. I, I think that Drysdale getting a bridge, um I, I think that would make sense there seeing as he missed the entire year this year. So that's going to hurt his contract and, and how much he's going to be able to get paid just because that loses a year of essentially sample size to be able to build off of another year of production and, and everything like that to be added to it. So I could see him wanting a one or two year bridge as a result wow. of this and, and going with that and then getting his longer term deal after that. I could also see the ducks saying, screw it. We're going to offer you this and pay you more than we probably should because so we don't have this sample size to try to entice him to t- sign long-term. So yeah. I like Derek's prediction. I also think that there is a chance it goes the other way and he signs long-term as a result of the injury. I would bet the farm that he signs a, a long-term deal. Ooh, I would not. I'd say it's 50, 50. I would bet the Sutter farm that he, that he signs a long-term deal. So Lou scared me right now. He just put hi. I can't hear a word you're saying, but have a good stream. I think it's because he's not actually listening to us. He's at Disney world chat. Yeah. I thought yeah. that no one could hear us for a second. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I guess it's my turn. So where do I go with this? Okay. I'm just I'm just going to do it. Why not? Trevor Zegers signs a five-year deal. Okay. Now, Explain. So Puckpedia, and I confirmed with them, and I'm hoping that they're not wrong, but Puckpedia.com has Trevor Zegers' UFA year is 2028. And I'm thinking back to the whole snafu with Zegris in the pandemic season where he got sent down right before he was going to hit a certain threshold for years of service. And I didn't check back to see how that would play into it, but I'm just, I'm just going to trust Puckpedia here. I'm just going to put my faith in them. Trevor Zegris signs a five-year deal that walks him right into free agency because the way that the Ducks have handled him and his contract, the way that this thing has gone, I think that Trevor Zegers goes, you know what? Why would I sell some of my best years where I can potentially get more money for this team that hasn't really done anything for me? So Trevor Zegers signs a five-year deal. I don't know what the cap hit will be, maybe in the $6 million range, but that is my prediction. Yeah, so he has technically only two years of service, so five years would walk him right to UFA. No way in hell the Ducks do that. Hardball. He's going to... Oh, and I'll, I'll throw in a, another mini bold prediction there. He sits out to get his five years. No one get... No. They're going to do... They're, they're, if that's the case, they're going to do four years and do that semi-UFA where... The, the fake UFA deal? Fa- fake UFA deal where they have some control and can move him if they want to after four... Uh, as an RFA. So it's either going to be a four-year deal or it's going to be a seven or eight-year deal. Five-year deal is not happening. Five-year deal. Bold. Bold, yes, uh, but <laughs> bold, sure, wrong, more likely than not. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think I could still see him getting like maybe what, six years. What's more bold, me saying the Ducks will make the playoffs, or you saying five years? I don't know. I think they're they're kind of bold in different ways. <laughs> yep. Okay. Anyway, uh, you're up. All right. All right. You say bold. I start trying to think pie in the sky. I, okay. I guess maybe I should add that caveat here. When I. <laughs> When I hear a, a bold, bold prediction, I kind of think, all right, what is my best case scenario, most fun situation prediction that I want to make here that just makes me happy? This has been a very down and dreary season. I don't need more negativity on this. I want to go with positivity with these bold predictions just to have fun with it. Might as well. Um, Olin Zellweger makes the Ducks next season and wins the Calder Trophy. Wow. Okay. I was going to say that first part is not really that bold, but then you, you, you found a way home. <laughs> I, I, I added to it. Olin Zellweger is one of the most dynamic offensive defensemen in junior hockey. Um, and he's someone that has almost leading the WHL in points by defenseman when he is, uh, has played significantly less games. We saw it actually early on granted preseason, but he looked not out of place in preseason games. I, he is someone that's workout that from a strength perspective is known to be a very strong guy. Cal, you, we've heard the stories about the amount he eats, the amount that he's in the gym. He's a gym rat. I don't think that the, the strength of the, um, the game is going to really come up to him. And I think that he's going to get a chance on that power play. And I think he's going to be putting up points next to Zegris, next to McTavish, next to Bedard. Um, just throwing that out there. Oh. Uh, um, and oh. he's going to become the Calder Trophy winner. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's see here. I think we have time for, for another one before yeah. we so, take a break. Very bold. Some people are saying won't won't be Calder winner, but will be in the top five. Sure. But I mean, Calder winner to me also suggests he's going to spend the whole season with the Ducks. Yep. And, and that, That's why I said make the Ducks. And the ramifications are... Well, but make the Ducks like he could play, you know, a few games before going back to San Diego. Make the or Ducks. Something. My intention with that statement is he's on the Ducks all season. Okay. Wow. That is that is somewhat bold. Somewhat yeah. bold. Okay. You know, I I took your your prompt and really ran with it. <laughs> That's good. I That's didn't good. do these half measures. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you accusing someone of taking half measures right now? I mean, are you? Anyway. Trevor Zegers five year deal? I don't think that's a half measure. How's I'm it that, that time? Okay. Anyway, let's uh let's get get Derek uh, his third take in yeah. here. This one's a little lengthier, so let's see. Oh, another another Derek take slash prediction that is in direct contradiction with the prediction that we have made. Okay. Jackson Lacombe will make the team out of training camp, but Pavel Minchukov and Olin Zellweger won't. Damn! Ooh, dropping the hammer on you. Damn! He just dunked on you. Derek's wow. coming for me. Yeah. So here, I'll just I'll try to yeah. read this. Quickly, the sentiment among many fans is that Minchukov and Zellweger will be given every opportunity to break camp with the Ducks. I'm sure that will be the case, but the opportunity of both of them playing top four minutes down in San Diego may be more beneficial than throwing them into the fire. I think I would probably, yeah, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Zellweger was fine in his one-game cameo for the goals at the end of last season and made some good plays during uh, a pressing year. I think he could do with spending a little more time in the AHL to adjust to the physical nature of the game before trans. Transitioning to the NHL, he certainly has the tools to flourish. Minchukov has put more emphasis on his defensive game since being traded to Ottawa earlier this season. I would like to see him spend a little time in San Diego before making the jump. 
Lacombe is expected to sign with the Ducks after his collegiate season concludes, but his signing may come with just a few games left in the NHL season after Minnesota advanced the Frozen Four. There's still a possibility that Lacombe signs and plays in the final two games of the season, and his performances in those games, if he plays, may give him an upper hand going to training camp next season. Your response? Uh, I think the Lacombe part's interesting. I think that he's he's kind of in a good spot. I think you also add in the fact that Lacombe's older, and so I think that probably has it going for him, the fact that he's going to be, what, 23 next season? Uh, or going to be going into his age. He's the same draft Trevor Zegers, so 20, age 22-23 season next year. Um, and, and so he for sure is going to be signing with the Ducks and playing those last two games. That's all but guaranteed at, at this point in time. Um, just so that he can get the contract. That was part of the reason why, uh, he was agreeing to sign was that part of it. Um, I kind of disagree on the strength part of it. I think that Zellweger shown that, but I mean, you can always add to that, but I think personally he's ready. It's also possible that this is a hope and that's why it's a bold prediction. Um, on my part and the, him being in the AHL is more so set in reality. Um, because you look at the way that, that, and this is now just providing the flip side of it. You, the way that Zellweger was handled, uh, in preseason and it seems like Pat Verbeek was very direct. They're slow playing him. They're slow playing him. They really, it, it almost felt like there was a clear plan in place for him of, Hey, we're going to get you the first preseason game. Then you're going to go back just so you can prep for your junior season because this is a big junior season for you. And, and that's how we view this the best as compared to a guy like Noah Warren sticking around for a long time. And it felt like this was what they had figured out at the end of last year through summer and talked with Zellweger about and put together a plan in place for him. Will they do that again next year with the availability of him being in the AHL and going up and down? Or will they give him the opportunity to earn that spot out of uh, preseason if they're in training camp if they're allowing him to earn that spot out of preseason and training camp I think he makes a team if there is this preconceived notion that he needs to spend some time in the AHL then it's a whole different conversation I think that that is maybe more realistic I also think maybe the other part of this that we're skirting around a little bit is nope. we don't necessarily know how a new coach is going to view this yeah. And a new coach may really like a guy like Zellweger, and that may be his jam and a guy that he wants. A new coach may not, and that may drive Zellweger to being in the I mean, NHL. Would the, would the average NHL coach get Olin Zellweger, feel comfortable with Olin Zellweger to start the season in Anaheim? No, I don't think Probably average, not. No, I don't think Dallas Akins would have been. And I think I would definitely bet on on Zellweger and Minchukov spending significant time in San Diego yeah. next season. I, I, I just think, think that, I think it's just a great opportunity. Like you can have them playing really meaningful minutes. You can have them be playing in every situation in a pro environment. And yeah. you know, maybe that they do end up surpassing that, but I think that that's, yeah, that's and the maybe, anti-bold. Maybe thing. this is a contradiction of my bold prediction, but my bold prediction is that bold. Yes. It's meant to be off the beaten path a little bit. So correct. Yes, Firebites. Minchukov can go to the AHL next year. He turns 20 before the end of the year or end of the, the calendar year. So before the 2024. Yep. So that makes him eligible. Um, all right. So I think it's time, though, for a word from our sponsor. Spring has sprung. 
And our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the preferred presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look best this spring or look your best this spring by using code CTP to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard uh hedger pro kit the sun is peeking back out which means you'll have to show your face in daylight again so use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth sleek cheeks the kit starts off with the beard hedger a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths with all with one guard so no more messy drawer full of add-ons it also comes with titanium coated t-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time the beard hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size bag with a long-lasting battery uni- uh, universal charging and a strong motor the next kit has liquid goods uh next the kit has liquid goods to make you feel good starting with beard shampoo and conditioner you can't treat your beard like you treat your pubes that's why the kit has a special shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize reduce ingrown hairs and replenish your beard's natural oils and promote beard health the pro kit also has manscapes beard oils the nutrient infused oil relieves dryness uh both on the beard and the skin beneath uh while still adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look cap it off with the beard balm a pomade that shapes styles moisturizes uh and moisturizes bringing the the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus rosemary and lavender essential oils and not to mention the beard uh, hedger pro kit also comes with three free gifts a beard brush a comb and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress so you can save 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ctp at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and uh free shipping with the code ctp at manscaped.com Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Wow. There you go. Go check them out. Thank you so much. Help us help you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Great products. So, okay, it's my turn. I've got got a couple left. Okay. I've got two left. Okay. You have two left? Do do you have four? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I will... I will do... I will do some some things. I'm gonna meld two of these together, okay. and I'll and I'll throw in a fourth if I feel like it. We'll okay. see. Okay. Uh, actually, no. You have you have two for sure. Okay. I'll just I'll just I'll just do these one at a time. Okay. Ducks change jerseys next season. God damn it! Oh, did I beat you to the punch? Damn it! That was my fourth one. <laughs> was I quicker on the trigger? Okay. You were. Well, I okay. Now, change, the word change here doesn't necessarily mean they'll have new jerseys. I mean, they are going to have, I think the reports are they are going to have a new jersey next year with the 30th anniversary jersey. So I think that at a minimum, the orange third will become the home jersey. Like if they do nothing else, they'll do that. Yeah, I'm kind of believing that. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Pete Blackburn tweeting that out. Well, have you noticed that the Ducks never, ever wear the black jersey at, like, for any kind of promotional or ceremonial event? Like, the the owners only ever wear the orange. Wild Wing only wears the orange. Anytime they give out a jersey to someone in the stands, it's an orange jersey. Yeah, exactly. So, I I really do think that we're going to see a change in the the jerseys next season. Yeah, and so maybe that's... 
where it's not necessarily a rebrand. It is just changing to make yes. that the primary. Yes. I think that, that at a minimum that will happen. Yeah. But uh, let's see. And Firebytes add, did you notice that in the season seats events, they announced that the last game of the year will be orange themed. Now, why might that be? Now, huh. why might that be? Firebytes is speculating. I think the last game of the year, they announced the jersey change. Who knows? That's a that's a spicy one. I, that's that's exactly the spirit that I'm looking for here. Yeah. Okay. What is your what is your other prediction? My other prediction is uh, this. I guess is more vague, but it was the best I could really come up with trying to think this through. Ducks makes a make a major top six acquisition in the summer. Okay. And by that, I'm talking about the name that comes to mind right away is a team that is going to, I think, potentially be on in uh, a cap situation, I think is what it is. And, and it's a player that they are looking, I think there are reports that he's on the trade block, Jesper Bratt. Mm. That there are some issues with his RFA status. Yeah. The Ducks have the ability and cap space to offer him what he would do you want. Wanna, do you want to upgrade your prediction here and just say Jesper Bratt will be a Duck come opening night? No, I don't. I wanted to hedge. Oh, that's lame. I wanted to hedge. You, you're dead to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Hey, I went bold with my first two with the Calder and make the playoffs. Let me hedge on this one. So what did uh, what did Kevin Fiala cost the Kings? I'm forgetting uh, now. Let's see. It was... There was that defenseman that they traded. Um, oh. The Kings traded. Um, I yeah. Can't, I can't think of his it name It was right the guy now. they got Brock from... Faber, the, from First-round draft pick yeah. and Brock Faber. Would yeah. you be comfortable with the Ducks giving up their 2024 first-round pick? Wow. Would you wow. be well, would you be comfortable? <laughs> no. This? Well, actually, yes. Just just top five protect or or whatever. Okay. Yeah. 2024 top five protection, and yes. this might suck because of him just signing with the team. But Jackson Lacombe. Sure. I mean, Jesper Brad is really really good. Is and Jackson Lacombe an equivalent for Brock Faber? I don't really know. I, I mean, there wasn't Brock Faber a collegiate player too. I think he was a second round pick also. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. He played for university of Minnesota. So yeah, there you go. So I would say yes. Equivalent. Okay. I mean, so, similar type of kind of archetype of player. Yes. Yeah. So would, yeah, I think the top five protections key, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe top three. Like I just, if the ducks, had, if disaster strikes again, like you just can't be left high and dry like that. Yeah. That, that is a that is a disaster. Because really, to me, like if the Ducks are just a tweener team, where like maybe they're hanging around, but they're not completely bad, losing of the fifteenth or seventeenth overall pick to me is just not like this death knell. So let me ask you this: Firebytes puts it up twenty twenty four pick is a, should be a no. We need to keep it. This is how the rebuild how rebuilds don't go well. We need to stay the course. Don't push early. That's how you become the savers. Well, that's why I'm hedging here. Like that's why I'm saying, like if if they go completely south, you still have that protection. So, and the pushback I want to have there actually on the the this that's how you become the Sabers. The way that you become the Sabers is you don't build properly. It's not yeah. the continual losing and everything like that, and continually being bad because the Ducks now will have what what will this be five straight top ten overall picks? Yeah. Like this is a significant amount uh, of top ten picks that they will be having, and, and a top three pick in what was that twenty twenty two, or sorry twenty twenty one, uh, 
probably going to be a, a very good draft pick in the 2023 draft, potentially someone that's eligible to or going to be may, maybe making the jump into the NHL right away. And where those rebuilds really struggle is that the teams don't identify the right players to bring in. You got to get better at some point. And Jesper well, Brad not, is 24. Well, it's not only that, but you look at what the Sabres did. They they brought in Kyle Poso and signed these guys to massive free agent deals. <laughs> Sam Reinhart. Like yeah. the, the, just bringing in the wrong guys. And so instead by giving that up for Jesper Bratt, who is 24 years old, going to be 25 this summer, he's the same age as Troy Terry. So he's on the older end of your roster, but he's still within that range of your contending window. And so it's not as if you're bringing in a guy that is going to be older. You're bringing in a guy that is kind of within your range, someone that is really, really good um, on top of that and really could go well as a left winger, whether it's with McTavish, whether it's with Zegras, like the Ducks need someone like that. And so he, he would be fantastic with Mason McTavish, I think. Yeah. So, so I, I think that you have to be able to give up, give to get. And so I think maybe doing a top five protection on the 2024 pick would be the way to go. I think you're spot on there. Um, but I think you have to be willing to, to look at moving that in the right package. I don't think you just obviously trade that pick to trade it. No, but no, it, it has to be for the exact right piece that you feel really good about long-term. Yep. And, and I yep. think Brat is close to that. So, yep. Agreed with that completely. So that was who I had in mind with my, yeah, fine. Screw it. You've talked me into it. Ducks get Jesper Bratt. There's my best prediction. Number 63 in, in orange. Yeah. Now Jesper I'm just Bratt. really checking to make sure that he is still on the trade block and that I'm, that was also the reason for the hedging. I don't think there's anything that's come out that's like contradicting that. Yeah. So I, I think it's main. I mean, the main reason he sees an RFA this summer and I think that it's going to be tight for them to be able to make that fit. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's the whole. And they've also there. they've also had like a hard time signing him in the past, despite him being an RFA. And it just doesn't seem like the team and the player have a great relationship. Well, I think it's between. I think they're going to have to decide between him and Timo Meyer, basically. Yeah, and you know which way that's going to go. Yeah, like you just. I mean, despite the fact they didn't give up anything noteworthy, you still, you still moved heaven and earth to get Timo Meyer. So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, here is another take I have. I actually have two more, but go for this, it. This one's more fun. The Ducks will bring back Eggplant and Jade for the 30th anniversary. There will there will be an there will be an Eggplant Jade jersey for the 30th anniversary. They did they did they do it for the 25th? But does that jersey that they had count as Eggplant and Jade? It does not. I mean, technically, there was Eggplant and Jade on it. The eggplant yeah. was very small. I think that um, okay. Let me upgrade this this prediction a bit. They will bring back eggplant and jade in a significant jersey. way. In a significant way, yeah. Like maybe like a like like in that what way. they like did it, what they did for the twentieth anniversary. Like it's not an alternate, but it's a jersey that they're still going to wear more than once. So so different from the twentieth. Yeah, I think that the yeah I I think that that is the correct take. I've heard some rumblings that that might ooh, be something that's happening. Ooh, insider uh, Jake. But who knows if, if that's true or not. Um, so, yeah. So so we'll see about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to end up on Puck Empire now. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Hat tip, Jake Rudolph. Um, by the way, we haven't talked about it. What do you think about the 30th anniversary logo? Eh, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's nothing really earth shattering, but it's it's solid. Good silhouette. Yeah, good, I like good, it. Good number font, too. Significantly better than the 25th. How so? 
the twenty fifth anniversary <laughs> logo. What was wrong? Was so. I mean, here's the thing. The 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 tenth anniversary logo was good. The, okay. the might like that the was obvious. Oh, the yeah. X. Yeah. The the X. That was just a really good logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the twentieth was good also. I think it was just super clean, super simple. The ribbon on the bottom worked well. Looked really good on the side of hats. It, I have a hat yeah. with that on the side. I really yeah. like that logo. It's like a perfect for that. Twenty fifth also the, great. Twenty fifth. It's like the twenty five got pregnant. The baby bump. You don't. The baby you, bump. You didn't like the baby bump on the five. I, I did not. It looks so <laughs> bad. I, it's it's. It, like, that is just, like, that logo to me is, like, if someone just, like, I don't know, if you told AI to make a 25th anniversary logo with the Ducks logo. Like, that is, like, the easiest, like, path of least resistant logo. Well, and, and so, I, I, whereas I love I think, that logo. I oh, personally I love it. But, I hate but it. But the only reason I love it and the jersey is because of how much... You I seem hate to it. hate it. Yeah, I know. I knew. Hearing, I knew you were going there. Hearing you just burn about it, and other people burn about it, it just brings me joy. So <laughs> um, I, I enjoy it. The thirtieth anniversary logo being the Mighty Ducks. Uh, the Mighty Ducks like background, the the crest background. Yeah, and then I think the the thirty. I I think just everything about it is super good. I like the established in nineteen ninety three. Um, the way that's kind of written there, it almost looks like kind of your classic like t-shirts with like when the university was established or something like that yeah um and, and so i mean and you have the web d in there to have that there also um it's a it's history. a it's a release it's just solid yeah like I, th- I think in theory you could do that logo for all of them like yeah tw- 25 20 100 like, just like just do that make life easy um should there I, be a 35th anniversary logo no i don't think so now now it's now it's the race to 50 I think 25 makes sense as to 75 because they're kind of like quarter of a century. Yeah. Marks. 50, 25, 50, 75, 100. I, I think you they'll do 40 and they'll do 50. I think that will be the next. Are you, aren't you just kind of milking it at that point? Well, yeah. Okay. Um, I also had, and I don't know how strongly I feel about this anymore, but Tyson Hines and Nathan Gauthier make the team. Okay. I'm backing off of that though for some reason. <laughs> I don't feel as bold as be, I did. Be, be bold. Go for it. You know what? Tyson Hines makes the team. There and you he, go. And you know why? Because Tyson Hines looked great last year, and I actually thought that he was one of the Ducks' better players at training camp. And I think that the Ducks actually want to have you know Nchukov and Zellweger develop. I think Lacombe. There's no guarantee he'll be on the team either. So why not Tyson Hines? I mean, I I think Pat Verbeek really likes his game. I think he's got that kind of pro-style game already. So sure, why not? And then Nathan Gauthier. You know, Pat Verbeek loves size, so he also makes the team. I, I almost got that right last year. Let the record show. That was my bold prediction last season as well. So I'm coming back for more. I'm coming back to the well, and this time I will prevail. Yeah. So, by the way, I didn't say this, but yeah, my other prediction was that the Ducks uh... – let me see how new there will be new jerseys for the Ducks. Ooh, and by see, that, that that's different well, than than me. Well, that's what different. I meant what I meant was a new home and away set. So it's mm. going to be the third jersey becoming the home. I think the white version of that is going to look so clean. Do you think that they're going to do that? That they're going to have an, an entirely because do you, they're going to have to have a new jersey somewhere in there. If well, they're going to have they're going to have. I supposedly what the rumors are so, saying is that they're going to have a 30th anniversary jersey. Yes, but I'm saying for the home and the away. So the yeah. home is the orange currently. Yeah. 
the and away then you just make would, a white version of it. Yes, I I'm just curious what that's going to look like. If it's just going to be a white version, or, or 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 do they maybe even redesign the orange one? I mean, Firebytes is saying uh, I think the reverse retro becomes the away jersey, or, or that's me smoking hopium. Well, uh, I think it'll be. I mean, it'll look like that. I think it'll look very similar. I I. Th- well, I mean, the question is, I, I think they could go one of two ways. They either do the reverse retro look and, and use that as a template for the home and away. Mm. I, I don't think they're going to have Which a different... Which would be the original template. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to... Um, I don't think that they're going to want to go back to that template, though. I think they're going to want to keep the current template. But even if they do, I don't think they're going to want a mismatching home and away set. Yeah, I, I don't see them doing the orange home with the current away. So. No, 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 no. They won't. Well, they, they wouldn't do that. They would just essentially do what they did before they made the white version of the current jersey, which is that they just yeah. started wearing that jersey more. They wore it for all those playoff runs. So the white version of the current alternate jersey, uh, that with the black pants, and maybe they changed their gloves with the orange cuffs, that could look really nice. Yeah. That could look really, I've seen really just some nice. people make mock-ups of that, and just like the same jersey, same everything. Yeah. I think the white would actually look better than the orange. Yeah. Personally, I think the yeah. logo just kind of doesn't get drowned out by all the orange. <sighs> Let teams wear white at home. Let teams pick what jersey color they want to. Yeah, wear at just home. do like the NBA, where it's, it's like there's just basically no rules. Like yeah. that's that's what it that's what it should be like. I would I would prefer instead of the orange to be the home to have a black version of the current orange jersey be the home. But that might not be a popular take, so I'll just I'll leave it to the side for now. Okay. But yeah, so my prediction is alternate, um, the, the the current alternate is the home, a white version of that is the away, a retro night, eggplant and jade, and then a mystery fourth. I don't know what that'll be. So four jerseys next season. Okay. If I'm well, right about this, I have to get some kind of prize. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we just got through all our takes. And predictions. Yeah, we did. That was pretty we seamless. Did. Fifty minutes. And not now it's much, time for questions. Not too much debating. Not not nothing. So that's good. I mean, they're bold predictions. There's not a whole lot of debate. They're meant to be. Uh, they're meant to thing. be bold. It's controversial. Fire Firebytes by the want to give them a shout out. They subbed to us for uh, resub to Boom. us, and they're thank saying you. your prize is my prime sub. So thank you. That's a great prize. There we go. Hat tip. Uh, all right, we're gonna start with our uh, Discord for questions. Then we'll go. I have a DM on Twitter. Then we'll get to YouTube and to Twitch. Uh, so Shaken Wings asks us, what would you do if the Ducks kept Aikens not just for one year, but three? They say their reasoning is that they are having a lot of young prospects coming up to the NHL, and he is good at developing young players, so he is r- the right man for the job. <laughs> if they were to do that, I think you have to call into question everything you know about Pat Verbeek. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, like it, that there's, is... there's just no other... Did you see the Pierre Lebrun article about... Aikens the other day, by the way. No, I just saw that clip that you posted. Yeah, I mean, that's disc- really that was the only Discord. relevant part. Okay, but he didn't make a prediction either way. But he he commented that he thinks that the way that the Ducks were evaluated, or his understanding is that the the way Aikens would be evaluated this year was not on wins and losses, but on the development of players. And I think that even if it's that's true, and even if they're really happy with how the players have developed. That still doesn't matter if, if the Ducks want to actually get better next season. Like, yeah. like, like if they want to win now, coach, the Aikens isn't that. If you want to yeah. win, maybe if the Ducks see themselves, like to, to the question, if the Ducks see themselves 
being bad for another two years and they want to keep developing, then maybe like that's the only scenario where I could see Aiken sticking around. Yeah. But even then, even then, even if they're in this development mode, it's still a terrible decision. He is not a good development coach. Yep. Completely agreed. Um, yeah, I I just don't even know. Uh hey OD Flow said, Felix, who do you have on Friday? Eddie Kingston or Claudio Castagnoli? Uh Eddie Kingston. There Shout you go. Shout out Kingston, Jamaica. There you go. Eddie Kingston is gonna win the ROH title on Friday. Um, all right, and then I've got this uh DM. Let me get to it really quickly from our good friend Trevor Zebris. And funny that uh he mentioned this seeing as we just talked about Jesper Bratt, but my question for the pod is, can you guys go over what a Jesper Bratt RFA offer sheet would look like the fit uh, he would be for the ducks and the realistic possibility considering New Jersey likely won't have the money for both him and Meyer. I don't think it'll be an offer sheet. I think it would be a trade. Yep. Agreed. So there's your answer. Yeah. I, I think that an offer sheet, he would be in the upper echelon of that, which I think just makes it where it really wouldn't make a whole lot of sense uh, from that perspective. Um, I'm trying to look up exactly what the offer sheet uh, calculator has it as. But yeah, if he's getting, I mean, if he's in the 8.4 to $10 million range, uh, it will be two first round picks, a second round pick, and a third round pick. If it's over 10 and a half, it's four first round picks. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, either way, like that's a big, that that that's a big price to pay. Like, I don't think Jesper Bratt would go for that in a trade, yeah. which kind of says everything. So. Yeah. Yep, exactly. This is why offer sheets don't happen. Yeah. All right. Back to, and now we're going to get to Twitch and YouTube. So for those of you listening on your favorite podcast services, you can find us each and every time we do a podcast uh, at either youtube.com slash crash the pond or twitch.tv slash crash the pond. Um, and uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month. It does help out more than you uh, than you can imagine. Um, you can just be like we had said, Firebytes, and do that for us over there. Or if you prefer YouTube, or if you just use youtube because everyone at this point in time uses youtube yep. find us at crash the pond subscribe to our channel like our videos it helps out more than you can imagine so we're gonna get to this question this one came from garrett fielding uh early on uh saying uh question for when you get to them uh regarding the captaincy fowler's name gets thrown around a lot but silverberg is the longest consistently serving assistant is that not how that works I mean, is the am I supposed to infer that that's that means he thinks Silverberg will be the captain? Yeah, I, I that's not really how it works. A guy can be an assistant for so long and just stay like that. That yeah, doesn't necessarily like, mean that he's going to no become rule. the captain. And, and at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense for Silverberg because he's going to be gone probably after next season. Yeah, he's got one year left on his deal, and I mean, who knows if he's going to keep playing after? Like, we don't, we just don't know what his future holds. So, I would bet the farm against Silverberg being the Ducks' next captain. Yep, I would agree with that also. Jake M also in our YouTube chat says, the 2024 pick become easier to part with, part with if they end up with a top three pick this year? Uh, Yes, I think so. I think that that changes things a little bit, right? Like if you get a top three pick, you're you're either getting Connor Bedard and Adam Vantilli or, you know, choose between Carlson or Michkov. So to me... At that point, you're getting a guy who could go first overall in any other draft and, and it, with any of those three. And at best, you're getting a generational player. I still think it's hard to part with the 2024 pick, but it does make it a little easier. Like, I just don't think anyone would deny that. Yep. Especially uh, if it's Bedard. Agreed with that. 
Uh, Hardcore Luchador in our Twitch chat asks, uh, who do you guys think the Ducks' next head coach is? Bruce Boudreaux, question mark? I don't think it's Boudreaux. I I would bet against that as well. I don't know. I I really need to start honing in on this, like, coach research because this has been become a frequently asked question. I think that it will not be a retread coach. How about that? I don't think it'll be... Do you consider Andrew Burnett a retread? Not really. I think that to be a retread, you have to have gone through a head coaching cycle like two or three times, and he hasn't done that. Okay. So I think Andrew Brunette would not be that, but I would bet that it would be more like a, a current college coach or an AHL coach or an assistant coach. I, I go back and forth on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if the, the Samuelis are really scarred from this yeah. Dallas Aikens experience. That's fair, but at the same time, you sign Pat Verbeek to whatever contract they they sign him to, like there has to be some trust that this guy knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that that's why it may end up being like an NHL assistant as opposed to let's say an AHL guy or a college guy. But I still yeah. don't. I just don't think it'll be a guy who's actually been head coach for like more than a season in the NHL. Yep. Um, all right. Hardcore or Firebytes asks us, here's a question. Does Zeris get a five-year offer sheet? Oh man. Five year, 10 to 12 mil. So what would be the, the compensation? Is that the four to four first? Yeah. Do you accept that if you're the ducks? Like, like, or I should say, do you decline to match? <laughs> four first round picks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's making the offer. Like, who is this a team that's... Uh, yeah. But that's a lot of first-round picks. It's a I, lot of first-round no, picks. No, it's Trevor Zegers. Yeah, you, yeah. You're hoping to draft the Trevor Zegers with yeah, one of those first-round no, picks. Exactly. Thought so. about it for a second. Go back to it. Um, so, I mean, Firebites is saying if we if the Ducks get Bedard, then yes, you decline, and you get the four, four first-round picks. Yeah, I, I mean, at that point, that's a little bit different. But yeah, man, even uh, still, I don't know. I, I still, I still think you keep Zegers because M- and, maybe I'm and, a little because well, the thing as, is, what what are you trying to do with? Are this? you getting? Are you are, getting are you, that? Are you are you trying to essentially get as many first round picks ever to to like essentially give this as many legs as possible? Or are you trying to make it once you're great, good, you are like great? How much are those draft picks really going to help you? Because now your team is better. Yeah, and so you're going to be drafting guys not in the top ten, not in the not in that kind of range. So you're going to be drafting guys that are going to come along like three years later, and at that point, those picks like basically the value of getting those picks is is that you have more picks what? to to trade to make your team better. What would you rather have? I guess let's put it like this: if it's a team that's later and the Ducks are contending and going to be contending, what would you rather have? I guess Trevor Zegers or four Isaac Lundstroms. I mean, you could have 20 Isaac Lindstroms. Give me Trevor Zegers. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a, I, I think there's a conversation to be had. I think it depends on where that team's It's a very is. interesting thought. But yeah. I think that even if, like, really, and it's you already said it, but the only way that you do that is if you have Connor Bedard. And even then, even then, like, I think the part of the value of getting Connor Bedard if you're the Ducks is that you have this core that you can just inject yeah. him into. And by trading Trevor Zegers, you're basically kind of – mitigating that in, in, in the wrong direction. So yeah. Garrett Fielding in our YouTube chat also said uh bold prediction uh, 
for on or you guys uh point on the bold protection uh for the jerseys wouldn't that just be going back to the full original set that would be bold more or less is what he's saying so full original meaning uh eggplant and jade that would be bold i just man maybe i'm just so skeptical and cynical that i just don't see that ever happening well i mean but here's I the thing <laughs> bold bold prediction that's bold that is a very bold prediction yeah and i'm just so uh no pun intended jaded that i don't i don't see that wow happening. wow so, okay yeah yeah all right i think that does it for all the questions uh there was actually a question on twitter i don't know if this was really intended to be a question but someone asked me would love to hear you discuss this on the pod okay and i i quote tweeted a quote this was a question from ray g who said would love to hear you expand on this on the pod uh there was a quote that i saw on twitter that said it was from bill belichick who if you don't know is like a possibly the greatest football coach ever in the nfl said good players can't overcome bad coaching I don't care how good the players are. They can't overcome bad coaching. Now, I think in the NFL, like in football, I think that's very true because the head coach has such an impact on the game with all the decisions, the play calling, all of that. Mm -hmm. Does that hold true in the sport of ice hockey? Read the quote one more time. Good players can't overcome bad coaching. I don't care how good the players are. They can't overcome bad coaching. Like, if you have a bad, like, here's, like, I guess this is my litmus test. Would Wayne Gretzky have had the same career if he had had, like, the worst coach ever? Like, so like, I, I just, for me personally, I don't think that a coach in hockey so, can just destroy a player's career like that. Let if, me, if, let me ask this, because I'm trying to figure out the context of this and think through the different avenues. Is this meant to be he would ruin his career and the good player becomes bad? Or are we just saying good players cannot overcome bad coaching when it comes to winning games? I mean, that, we, have, the, we have no other context. Let's let's play it out both ways. So if it's to, if a, if a good player can't overcome bad coaching to win games, I think in the long run that's actually true. Yep, I do too. We saw that with the Ducks this year. I, I think that. Well, I don't know if I'd use the Ducks as an example, but no. But they, it's a decent example, like, though. Like I look you, at like the Rangers, for example. Like I think but, they have a great roster. I think that they've assembled a lot of talent, but I just don't think Gerard Gallant coaches a style that that is just uh, that that is going to be repeatable in, in the postseason. So where I was going with that from the Ducks side of it is that, um, more or less, um, you look at any of the projection models, you get anything like that. All, mm basically had him in the 80-ish point range. And I think that that kind of was all based upon the fact that this roster was not horrible. And they've ended up becoming one of the worst teams in the league and one of the worst offensive teams in the league. Um, And I think the kind of key thing to look at there is coaching. And no matter how many good players you have, whether it's Terry, whether it's Segris, um, whether it was Klingberg for, for all of his warts, whether it's Fowler, whether it's these guys that have had good careers or yeah. up and coming good young players, they were not able to overcome the bad coaching to essentially not be a bad team. The total lack of structure with this team, yeah. I don't think is purely a product of the, ro- of the roster. Like yep. I think at a certain point, I mean, I keep coming back to it, but like, look at, Look at the Canadians. Even before they got some of their players back with Marty St. Louis, like they, they play hard and they 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 play. They have a structure, and you know the 
underlying numbers aren't great, but you can just see it. Like the coaching does have an impact, even when you have a weaker roster. Um, I think that on an individual level, I still think like in, in, in hockey, I think that player, good players are still going to be good players. Yeah. But I think to succeed as a team, it's not enough to have just a great player. Like you yep. need, like, I mean, look at, um, look at the penguins, like for a long time, they, and even like the capitals actually capitals, probably better, better example. Like for a long time, they just were going through coaches. They couldn't find a way to break through in the postseason, And then, you know, you get Barry Trotz who kind of brings this, this really kind of playoff style defensively makes them a really strong five on five team. And they, they find a way to win. Like it's, Coaching really, really matters. Like, yep. it, it, I think that in in Anaheim, we've kind of just become a little, little numb to the impact of coaching because we just haven't really seen this team be well coached in, I mean, how long now? Like six years, seven years? Like it's been a long time. It's probably since Boudreaux was fired. It's been a long time since the Ducks have had a, a coach that actually made them better. Like I, yeah. I don't think that Randy Carlisle came in in sixteen seventeen and made the team better. I think that he basically was just like, I'm just going to play my best players like half the game, more and than he, half the game. There and, was a lot of the remnants of a Bruce Boudreaux team in that. And team. also, it's hard to kind of separate those two. So, yep, that is uh, that is my thought there. So that yep. was a, that was a fun little question. Yep. Also, did you see uh, the Gibson news? Which maybe Gibson no. to Washington. What? Gibson to Washington. What are you talking about? I, t- I tweeted it and people people are replying. People are people are going crazy about it. Do I need to look at your Twitter? Go look at my Twitter. Uh, I'm terrified of this. Gibson to Washington. What what did you do? What havoc are you uh, are you <laughs> causing? Oh, <laughs> I figured it was something like that. <laughs> look at the replies though. They're so funny. People are so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for those who can't see right now, so today some random college goalie Mitchell Gibson signed with the Capitals, and I just maybe I scared someone who's listening who doesn't know what I'm talking about. But that I thought that was funny. <laughs> I People was, who are like legitimately upset by that tweet, by the way, like come on, have have yeah. a little fun, have a little yeah, fun. yeah. I mean that that's the same people that were mad at me for saying the Ducks won the Klingberg trade. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, it's, this is stupid. This is Twitter. This is like the least credible website on the we're, internet right now. We're, we're just having some fun here. Let us have fun. Let us cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us cook. Yeah. That, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put a couple of things out there. Okay, let's hear them. Uh, I don't know. If, do I have a number two? Anyway, I'll start with number one. Um, had Shake Shack yesterday. Very okay. pleasant experience. Very pleasant experience. I had a burger, Shake Shack burger, um, extra patty, and a milkshake. And I got to say, I don't really know why Shake Shack gets so much heat from people. I think it. I agree it's not as good as In-N-Out, but it's just a solid burger. There's some issues. It's a little greasy. It's fine. But their shakes are phenomenal. Their shake Phen- was... When I got their shake, it was not good. Phenomenal. Fantastic. What type of shake? Chocolate shake. The only kind mm. of shake worth getting. So here's my issue with their chocolate shake. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast. I may have before. Their chocolate shake, it's very clear that it is made with chocolate ice cream. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> like the, and <laughs> good chocolate shakes are made with vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. 
No, no, yes. no. That's yes. the wrong answer. That wrong is answer. 90% of chocolate shakes are made That's what like makes that. them usually bad. No, they're good. That That is the way to go. Like a, a chocolate shake made with chocolate ice cream is not as good as vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. Wrong answer. That is just simply the wrong answer. I mean, it, it's correct, but whatever, you know, go off, King. <laughs> and then another another observation. Had Chipotle today. You can see I'm really on a streak of, of, of eating, you know, super healthy. Um, had their Al Pastor chicken. Okay. What'd you think? Not a fan. Not Why? a fan. It's just too much. I liked it. Oh, you've tried it? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, you know, it's not bad, but it's just... I, I think know. it's better than the regular chicken. See, I disagree. I think the, the regular chicken's better. I don't need my chicken to taste like sweet almost. I don't, I don't need that. It is more sweet than normal al pastor. Yeah, I'll like I, there, there was like this weird kind of sweet taste, which I just did not. It's did because not they, they really went heavy on the pineapple. Ugh. Oh, that means well, I eat pineapple? Ugh. No. Yes. Yeah, al, al fruit, pastor's... Fruit, fruit doesn't belong cl- anywhere I mean, close to, to pork. Al, al pastor is traditionally served with pineapple. Yeah, I'm aware. You and just you just really went for it there, didn't you? Did I though? You just did. Did I though? You did. All okay. right. That's all I've got. Yeah. Some some I've, observations. I've got nothing. You know, gonna gonna go to a wrestling show this weekend. Not WrestleMania. Wow. Wow. Gonna be a good time. It's Any baseball really f- predictions? Uh, Angels make the playoffs. Wow. That is actually know. that might be your boldest prediction today. I don't know. I don't know. My prediction, uh, Giants make the playoffs. There you go. Okay. There you go. Cool. In, in that NL West. In that NL West. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to we're gonna get out of here. I think we're, we've been very timely today. I'm, I'm a we fan. We have. Um, so if you want to help support the show and keep this thing alive and going, there are some really easy ways for you to do that. The number one way is to go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Crash the Pond. For a $1 monthly pledge, you get access to our patrons-only Discord server, it's a ton of fun. It's <laughs> I spend probably more time in there than I should, but it's with good reason. It's it's good vibes in there. You get to connect with other diehard Ducks fans. Uh, there's always people in there chatting away, uh, whether it's about the the game that's going on for the Ducks, whether it's about trades. I mean, the draft is coming up. The draft lottery is coming up. So you know you're going to get some very spirited conversations in there. But you don't also you don't just have to talk hockey. I mean, there's a food channel in there as well. There's other sports being discussed. There's wrestling. So go check it out. That's for $1 a month. For $5 a month, you get that, and you get two bonus podcasts. So in those podcasts, uh, we go a little more larger scope. We talk about the rest of the NHL. We still talk about the Ducks too, but if you kind of enjoy the way we talk about the Ducks, the way we talk about hockey, and you just want more of that, well, and and, in a broader scope, I think that those extra podcasts are going to be really fun for you. So that's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Go check that out. You can also leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just search Crash the Pond and leave a rating and a review. Those go a really long way. And uh, I'm pretty sure we've got less total reviews than total downloads per episode. So there's definitely some of you out there that uh, have not done your homework and have not submitted a review. So if you haven't done so yet, please do. Uh, we would really appreciate it, especially in this, this tough season. You can imagine that people aren't necessarily jumping out of their seats uh, to go listen about to, about a team that's uh, <laughs> that's losing a bunch. So go check that out. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Uh, subscribe there, turn on your notifications, 
and uh, support us there. You can also find us on Spotify. Leave us a rating there. Find us on Twitter. Uh, search uh, the Sporting Tribune on Twitter. Jake is on Twitter at ReindeerGames91. I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. And also uh, follow our good buddy Derek Lee on Twitter. I don't have his handle, but just, I've got uh, it. He changed it. It's Derek underscore Lee27. Boom. There you go. So follow him. We'll probably get him on the podcast at, at some point here. Yep. But with all that being said, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And we will talk to you soon. Spring sprung. Bye.